Hello world, this is Martha. I am beyond excited to introduce our next guest for the Apex Takeover podcast. Now, if you watch Formula One for 2021, you should have no problem whatsoever guessing who I'm about to introduce based on the few little details I'm about to share. Now, I'm introducing a brother, that's your first hint, a brother with the ability to breathe life, energy, and passion into any sporting event. By sporting events, I'm talking boxing, football, NFL, rugby, horse racing, NBA, and of course, our beloved Formula One. Now, if you did watch the races like I did say for 2021, you probably did see this individual has the fullest, shiniest beard you've ever seen on an F1 circuit. Have you guessed it yet? I'll give you another one. He is so dapperly dressed, James Bond will be jealous. Still no guesses? Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am speaking about none other than the top media personality, presenter, and content creator that is David Alorca. You are listening to Women Watching Sports Live F1 Edition, presenting our Apex Takeover podcast with your hosts, Tashari, Tanya, and Masa. How are you doing, ladies? What's up? What's up? Hey, Martha. Hey, Tashari. Hey. hey. <laughs> All right. So let's start this conversation. David, how did your early career choices lead you to where you are now? Hoy, how did my early <laughs> career change? You know what I'm saying? You lot came in all guns blazing hot. early doors. We come in hot every time. <laughs> <laughs> every time. Um, I guess um, for me, it's it's just a, a spirit of, of, of things. So yes, uh, it's opportunity that, that outlaid themselves, to be honest. And indeed, um, for me, it's it's been... Um, it's been in trusting in I believe I was born with um, you know early on in my career within um, sports sports industry and in, in, in terms of presenting from that perspective um, a friend of mine decided an idea um, to set up a group kind of like what you lot are doing here actually and just talk about um, sports at that time it's, um, it was football soccer um, as you lot call it in the states um, and just literally just debate about different things. Everyone's got different opinions. Everyone supports a different team and so on and so forth. And he wanted to just film us lot, you know, having banter with each other like we do anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, yeah, bro, I'll show up and do that because, you know, I mean, I've got smoke for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm animated enough. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get it popping then. And um, uh, we recorded an episode of this um, a few years back. I think it was 2014, actually. Mm. And... Uh, and it was it was good fun. It went out. Our friends watched it um, on YouTube, but not many people um, went to watch it. And um, we had gone uh, up to the north of England for a, a friend of mine's birthday. And the guy who had started this thing basically said uh, to me and a couple of others in the car at the time, um, you know, he wants to do this thing seriously and he wants us to come on board. And I'm a very, like, all or nothing kind of person. So I'm like, do you want me to come on board and do this thing? And he would be ready to do something with this or I can just continue showing up to, to these debate shows and, you know what I mean, bringing the smoke from that perspective. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, I was, he was like, yeah, 
forward. So I came on board and um, brought about different um, um, and things from that perspective. He, you know, we talked about supplementing some of that by going to actual football games um, and like talking to fans and giving back to fans because it was like we can't produce content on a weekly basis with with everybody together because everyone's busy, everyone's got their own plans and everyone's got their own things. But if we can produce weekly based content that will build the platform in that perspective and that's what we did we went out to football games started you know having banter with fans out there um, and then before we realised um, well I, I realised I, I played after the game so I would have after the game and I'd like interview them or chase their cars down and have a little laugh with them and then before you realise that got picked up um, by various different media outlets and the press and so forth because the energy that um, I was giving to, to these athletes and the questions that I'd be asking them and the banter that they'd get isn't what they'd usually get from, um, you know, uh, traditional media, so sports or from tabloid press and so on and so forth. So this stuff started getting picked up by a lot of um, different outlets. And then before you realise, traditional broadcast started calling. So, you know, you had um, Sky that like, oh yeah, we'd love to come do something, um, some some digital shows surrounding football. And 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 that's how it began to snowball. But it was just off the basis of of, of saying yes to an opportunity when just talking a friend out, to be honest. Wow. Um, and um, and that just continued to, 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 to spiral into working across multiple different sports. And I'm working in uh, right now. Wow, what a story. I think it's very inspiring for us, for all of our viewers who we all have passion for sports, depending Mm. on what that sport is. But sometimes we don't see ourselves having an opportunity to work in that sport. So just to hear your story is definitely an inspiration to us and to so many others. My next question is, what was your first win that made you confident that you were actually doing the right thing? (laughs) um it's funny because i like i said i never intended it's kind of strange put it i never stepped into this thinking um this is going to be the exact career that i'm going to drive and i was just having i was just enjoying myself so Mm. it it it, so it was like it was it was obviously saying yes to a to a to a idea or saying yes to just hanging out with, with some friends but then to help build something but I was actually just enjoying what I'm what I was doing and up to this very day like constantly in enjoyment like I am like 90 98% of the time I'm doing what I'm doing people are like you've been doing this for X amount of years I'm constantly in the air of my days this is incredible what I'm able to do a one day I wake up of like oh my days wow do you know what I mean um uh-huh. for me personally the world should know that I was here like I was born that in in such a way that when long after I'm gone, the world should know that I came. You know, words of the Bible that talk about being the sort of the earth. And regarding my career, um, I think during the time when Nike um, knocked on me and my, my friend Joe's door, early days, this was very, very early days, you know, brought us into to Nike HQ in London, um, spoke to us about who's going to be there, come down and host this event. I think that was the first sense of like, wow, this is real here you know and that's no view of me looking to make bread in this industry like i said i was just literally having a great time and sharing my talents from that perspective and then i think the next time it's like i'm at the crossroads now 
decide on whether you're going to comfort of your work or whether you're going to make that that jump and that leap of faith, um, which I did four years ago now, um, when I, when I uh, became a full-time presenter, a full-time freelance presenter as well, which, funnily enough, I speak to people about it all the time. I'm like, every day is a leap of faith. Like, I would have it no other way because I am truly living in what I'd, I'm supposed to be living, if you know what I mean. Very long-winded answer. I have apologies, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. I didn't expect anything, anything less, David. I actually want to make a comment before I ask you this question. So mm -hmm. my comment is the fact that you are one of the... When I saw you on the first Formula One um, show this year, I was mm -hmm. literally so ecstatic because, first of all, obviously, you know, you are kinship to me. Um, mm -hmm. And you don't see a lot of kinship in Formula One. So it was really nice to see you there. And then when you started speaking... I was like, who is this man? Where is this energy from? There's people like this that exist. Like, honestly. So so my first question is, if you could go back to, mm. you know, your adolescent time, knowing what you know now and everything you've experienced, could you tell yourself something that is going to possibly change your trajectory? Like, is there anything that you feel you would tell yourself back then if you were able to go back in time? <laughs> to, to, to buy some apple shares that's what I would have told myself a lot more <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I, I don't, I don't, uh, besides, besides something on, on, on that basis I don't know because I think I kind of live in hope for tomorrow but also in the day as well just, just fully breathing in and taking advantage of everything that is available um, today so I don't think I would have been too um, uh, pressed on trying to work too much out forward. And I think, to be honest with you, I, I, I was actually at a young age, I was kind of blessed with the knowledge of certain things. I knew that I wasn't built. Um, I, knew, I knew that understanding who you are is the key to success in everything. As in, mm. if you understand who you are, if you know who you are, it's, it's not able to be successful in anything. And the reason why I say this is this, because, for example, very early on when I took a corporate job, um, during my placement year, two and a half, three months in, I knew that I wasn't going to do a corporate job because I just knew I wasn't. I wasn't made for that for that reason. I just knew it. It was a sense of knowing. It was just. It was a. And I remember it was very clear to me. One. Um, it was one afternoon. I remember. Um, I think I've just got uh, a virtual. Um, I was working. With, I, I just got out of a, um, a corporate meeting and. I'd said to them, uh, to, to, to people in around my desk at the time, um, you know, give me five minutes, I'll be right back. And I went to the bathroom. And I remember I went to the bathroom, um, put the, the toilet seat down and, and went on my knees in the bathroom behind the stall and prayed. And I said to God, listen, just give the strength to finish this year. Let me just finish this year and finish my final year so that I can sign off for the parents and that. And after that, I'll live for you, what I'm here for. Because I just knew I'd, I just knew that wasn't that wasn't me. Some people are built for that. That's what they're made for. They love it. They live it. They love that 9 a.m. grind. They love it. They live for that. But I knew that my call was something different. And even though I didn't know exactly what it was, I just knew that element of this isn't what I'm going to be doing in Thailand 50 or so years from that perspective. I absolutely love how your faith is woven into every fabric of your life, David. 
that really resonates with me. But I just want to take it back just a little bit. I want to go back to your childhood. Yeah. What was a young David O'Lorca like? Like, what was the family dynamics? Where did you grow up? Where are your parents from? Do you have siblings? Yes. So I was brought up in a place called Brixton, South London in the in the nineties. I was like it's the hood. It wasn't like the hood, it's the hood. It's the it was, you know what I mean? It's 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 one of the, it's known as one of the, the, the baddest spaces in the country. It was the soil that I came from. Um And, but I did grow up to, to uh, a family who uh, very much believed in God. Um, church was very central. Our background is, is Ghanaian. So I'm a first generation Brit. My parents were born in Ghana and they came to, um, to England. In fact, like black people in, in, in the UK, either first generation or second generation, like nobody is that far removed from their cultural identity. So outside of my house, <laughs> you know, it was, it was madness. You know what I mean? There was... It was a wild world outside from that from that perspective. I don't know I always kind of believed in 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 a sense of my calling from 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 quite a young age. Um, I never really let like the surroundings or the the environment be my ceiling. If you know what I'm saying, I never really thought to allow you know the things of which most people use as their as their as their prison. to contain me from that perspective. I always had a, an outward view, which is strange because I never, I'd, I'd never left the country until I was 19 years old. I'd, I'd never been outside, outside um, from my surroundings from that perspective. But I, I still had a very big dreams beyond, um, beyond the, the, the blocks and the, the tower blocks that were containing me and everybody from that perspective that I grew up in and around. I really resonate with your all your different stories that you have really shared with us, and we appreciate that. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and, and sharing those different elements of of your journey. Same with me, you know, I'm Christian, and and like Tanya was saying, a lot of my beliefs are woven into everything I do, even you know what we're doing here now, and so. Uh, I, I love that you're, I love your story and I'm loving that you're sharing that with us, bringing it back to, you know, your career and what you're doing today. What would you say is your favorite aspect of your job? Ooh, that is a tough one, you know. My favorite aspect of my job, doing what I love. I think I love it because I, I, I want to actually have a, a podcast myself about various different topics. But one of them, me and my sister have spoken about for years is about this word success. And, and there are two things that I look at and when I talk about defining success. One is the, uh, you know, it's actually, it's actually a Rick Ross lyric, actually. Rick Ross says, how many people you bless is how you measure success. So what, the ability Mm-hmm. to be able to impact others is, is like so massive to me. Like, It's more important to me than almost almost everything because I believe is the reason why I'm here. But the other aspect that I, that I used to view success is being able to wake up and being able to to live my purpose on a on a day to day basis. I think is um, is is the greatest thing, to Wow. be honest. Wow. It sounds like you're able to live with so much intentionality because you have so much control over your days. And so uh, I know you're truly blessed. I know you know that. And that's why you're here today to just share with our audience how you was able to achieve that, which actually brings me to my next question. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, 
what would you say has been more value in your career, your education or your experience? It's hard because you, 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 you take from both, you know. You take from both. I think someone's ability to squeeze knowledge and wisdom from everything or from both of these things is so pivotal and so crucial. For example, let me put it this way. Um, my education, um, at college I studied international business studies, right? So a lot of it comes from what I've learned in and around education. Um, but experience is key because the experience that I've had, that I had whilst um, in my younger years doing stuff like performing arts, it's something that lives with me every day. People ask me this all the time. People ask me, oh, David, you, know, you never look nervous. You ever get nervous? And I said, I am nervous every single day. Uh, single day you cannot go tell, David. Street. Really? <laughs> yeah, How do you hone your nervousness? I don't yeah, because, believe that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It sounds crazy. It sounds crazy, right? But it's like, I... I, I, I love it because it's like I've learned through experience that you shouldn't run. I don't run nervous or run towards them. That's just my action. Like I have learned through experience to go after what makes you nervous because in that space is where you're most alive. That is the thing for me that is like I, I find safety and comfort in the space where most people find feel uncomfortable, even where probably feel uncomfortable and that's what that's what's allowed me to like to permeate and move between so many different sports well i know you were talking a lot about operating outside of your comfort zone doing things that you may not have a lot of experience in but when you've done them you've had a lot of success and one of the things i wanted to share is actually a philosophy that i live by and i derived to this philosophy based off the experiences in my own life which is about operating in fear. Mm -hmm. I believe that when you operate in fear with peace, miracles happen. However, when you operate in fear and there's a lack of peace, then you need to run the other way because mm. on the other end of that is destruction. So what you're ba like, basically your story is proof of the theory and the, well, I say the philosophy that I live by because when we operate out of peace, literally, you can transform and, and transition into things that you didn't even think was possible. No, that is that is absolutely beautifully succinct of exactly everything that, um, that I've been speak, speaking about. To be honest with you, that is, um, yeah, that's that's actually beautifully said, and I think you're 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 spot on about that. To be honest with you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay, so David. I have a bit of a, I would classify this as deep. I'm going to say it. Um, I want to ask you a question just based mm -hmm. on the fact that, you know, following you on social media, I know you're from Ghana, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm Zimbabwean mm -hmm. and you're a black man. We're black women. Uh -huh. All of this, all of this to know, to tell you that I'm not going to ask you if you ever struggle with racism. I know you do. I'm not even mm -hmm. going to ask you that as a question, but I want to know, because again, you have such a positive, cheerful, joyful personality, right? And I think that we owe it to our brothers and sisters to basically say, hey, this is how I look at things and this is what helps me get by and this is what helps me maintain this positivity. So I want to ask you, 
Because I know you have dealt with a lot of things in the jobs that you work at. I don't know what they are. I don't know specifics. Yeah. I don't need specifics. I just know you do. But I want to know what keeps you so positive and what keeps you so driven regardless of going through all these things? How do you cope? How do you deal? What is it that one thing that still tells you, hey, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to go and be the best that I can? I just, I just, I'm really curious to know because it's it's, so, you've got so much positivity. It's, it's actually genuinely a great question, to be honest with you. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's funny. Let me even before I even answer the question, what I'll say the great the thing I love about questions, right? Especially when you don't know what's coming is, like, and I say this to people all the time. I'm like, when you go into a job interview and they ask you a question, you you're almost expected to answer straight away without even thinking about it or without even saying, yeah, you know what? I actually don't have an answer for that. If you don't, if you say if you actually say if you answer with that, you're not you're not going to get the job. So it's like sometimes you ask <laughs> a question, yeah, you can never go. No, nah, I've actually never experienced that, you know? It's like, yeah, that's definitely, mm-hmm. they're definitely not getting the job. Um, so when you asked me the question there, I was sitting there thinking, yeah, what is it actually? You're actually right. Hold on. What is, why is it that, or how am I able to? And then I had to like decipher through my mind and think about um, various different times where I've faced that. And like I said, it's something that I've, I'm likely faced on a, on, a, on a daily basis, sometimes without even fully realizing it. Um, what I would say to a great degree it's and it's going to sound very um very textbook with regards to uh what i've been saying from the start is like my my actual my faith in god right with regards to my life right is at a place where nobody has nobody's a king over my life besides god like mm. nobody can close a door that the lord is open and nobody can shut a, nobody can open a door that he closes period there's no there is nobody and I think for me, throughout my, my life and the amount of different things that I have gone through and still go through across the various different um, areas that I work in, personal life and, and out, in, in and outside of that, that has been the, 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 the crux that sometimes it's so, it holds so true that I don't even think about it when the situation arises. It's just part of who I am, that understanding I live with. Um, uh, so I don't really allow um, for man, so to speak, to have a hold over my career, my 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 um, my dreams, my aspirations, how far I can go. Only God has a hold over all of that. Nobody does. No matter no matter the person thinks they do. You see, what I'm saying sometimes when when something is it's it's a certain belief that I have in what I'm called to do to the point where if somebody or something tries to stop this thing, right, they're only going to help it happen. Do you understand what I'm mm. saying? Like, like yeah, even, even if I, even if I, even if I like spin this real quick, I know this is, I know this is, this, this, this podcast is, a, is an open podcast where people probably listen to this from different backgrounds, people that don't even have faith in anything or so on and so forth. But I'm going to spin it real quick into a, into a, into a, into a story. There's a story in the Bible of a guy called Joseph, right, who, tells a story to his brothers, I oh, had a dream, the end of the day, so on and so forth. His brother says, bruv, shut up, bruv. We're not listening to your damn your dead dream. You know what I mean? We're gonna sell you into, into we're gonna sell you into slavery, innit? My guy ends up getting right. sold into slavery. The mad things that they're doing brings about his actual dream. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's, it's like for me, it's the knowledge of that the truth of the matter is even if somebody feels like they're winning, they won't. There's a there's a scripture that goes, um uh that says, 
Well, we know that he works all things out together for the good of those that love him and those that are called according to his purpose. I know what my call is. I know that I'm called according to a, a, a higher purpose. So no matter what goes on from that perspective, I'm like, um, I rest easy because I know no matter how it looks today, no matter what it is, I know that it will all be worked out together for my good. So that's why, I, that's how I think I overcome situations in those circumstances wow wow and 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 your purpose is also to show it because honestly exactly sometimes i'm going through some real shit and i go on instagram and you post something and you're so jovial and you're so i'm just like i want that whatever he's drinking whatever he's taking <laughs> and it turns out it's god it turns yeah. out it's, this, it's, it's, yeah. this, it's literally so i'm just like okay thank you so much we i really 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 appreciate this david you have no idea, but I, I really hope that we can get a lot of people following you because like I said, I'm sad that, you know, you know, you're not on the paddock as, as, as much as I would love for you to be because yeah. I am a formula one fiend, but I've started to also watch some of the soccer stuff that you put on and starting to find like some leagues in, in the UK to try and, you know, keep up with your energy and the stuff that stuff that you're into that you're working on. So yeah, we'll keep your. We'll, I'll keep my eyes on that for sure. Thank you. Without, thank you. No, no, without a shadow of that. And as to the paddock, I know that. I know that I will be returning. I'll be returning there yes. super soon anyway. Without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, yeah, great. Oh my gosh. Sure that, so, yeah. Your 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 being admits so much light. Like I literally can feel your energy. I don't know yes. if the other ladies can feel Absolutely. it, but I can. Your energy is just radiating. Can, Tonya, can we just tell him that we did discuss you for a while when you when you didn't show up on the yes. paddock, the, the, the first day that you didn't show up, we were like, "What is going on? What is F one doing?" We, we were devastated, Buxton, David. Right. We love Will Buxton. We definitely love Will Buxton. Don't get us wrong, but we were like, "No, no, no, no. We needed that flavor. We needed that energy. Where did he go?" Right. <laughs> now, don't don't you worry. The energy will be back soon. Like I said, like it's one of those ones where. I, I like I like I said before. Um, I I know where the trajectory of my life is supposed to be going from that perspective, and and so I'm I'm you know you know don't even sweat without without a shadow of a doubt you you'll be seeing me in that paddock again super soon. So don't you worry about that. Well, this you. brings me right to my next question. Can you take us back to the moment, David? How did that all transpire with you being able to be a presenter on Formula One? Wow. Well, um, to be honest with you, uh, Formula One has been the sport that I looked at, right? When I was looking at everything that I was doing, when I started off in football and I shot off in football and everybody, um, and obviously for the States, people that are listening to the States, I'm talking about football, I'm talking about um, soccer. Um, when I shot off in that, in, that, in that space and then stepped into different spaces, Formula One has always been, you know, the sport of my heart. And it's always been the sport that I looked at that was unattainable in most people's eyes. And I always like to pursue what considers what, what people consider to be unattainable. I was like, ain't no black people working Formula One. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like it's, it's, it's true. I'm not from a certain background. That's 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 just what I'm saying. There's so many different um elements uh that are involved with with why I shouldn't be the person that's in that place, if you know what I mean. Um so I started. So I started thinking, okay, cool. That's where I'm gonna. That's where I'm gonna set my sights. I'm gonna set my sights on the impossible. Listen, the the possible is possible. 
right? Yes. What things that are seemingly possible, that's possible. You don't, you know, like a degree of, a certain degree of faith isn't required. But when you're going, when you're dealing with um, your dreams here, and like I said, for me, when I'm dealing with God from that perspective, I need to set faith-sized goals. So I'm like, yeah, listen, okay, cool, I'm going for that. I'm going, I'm going for Goliath. Um, <laughs> and so I've set it about for, for a while and set it about my heart for a while. Um, and then I think back in 2018, back in 2018, and what I'll say first and foremost, and before I even go into any of that, is one of the keys to anything in life, actually, I wouldn't even say it's the key to life, forget about using it from a... From, from a perspective of um, what you can gain. Honestly, being a, a nice person, being a good person is, is actually incredibly beneficial. Like, as it, it's, 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 people don't understand that um, people like people, people work with people. And from that perspective, I think for me, relationships, and you asked me some time ago, was I an extrovert, was I an introvert, and so on and so forth. But I've always been a people person. That's the reason why I've come alive um, at sporting events and, and things like that because I'm dealing with people. That's why I'm dealing with athletes. I can crack joke with them because they're people. Everybody laughs, everybody farts. So it's like um, <laughs> having that degree of um, of understanding um, has allowed me to build good relationships with different people in different places and, and different sectors. And um, Formula One came about simply off the back of relationships that I've built with people working in different spaces that moved into different spaces. So people that was working in PR in one area then moved to this area. And like, when, when the opportunity arose, oh, no, no, someone that can do that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like the favor, your gifts will make room for you and bring you before the great, right? Mm. And the truth of the matter is like, sometimes it's, it's actually what you have inside of you that, that makes the room for you. So when there's opportunities that, are, that have been open or that are available in certain places, sometimes you don't even need to advocate for yourself because somebody else that has seen what you're able to do when you're diligent in something small, when you're diligent in something that is um, of a, of a, of a um, seemingly of a smaller thing to you. When people are put into a position where they can, they're looking for somebody to do something that is at the highest scale, they will look to you and say, yeah, that's the person that we'd love to do it. Because when it came to this small thing, they didn't come and give 50% David. They didn't come and give 10% David. They came and gave 100% David. So when it comes to this bigger thing, they know that that same David that appeared in that same space would also appear in this space as well. So that's, without going way too, too deep into like the fullness of the story. I mean, if you want to hear like the, the intricacies of the story, um, if you want to hear the intricacies of the story, I can, I can break into different bits. But I think in 2018, I was working in football at the time. And I was asked to come on a Champions League tour, do some actual free work. Um, but it was in Shanghai then it, uh, for Heineken. And then I was like, hold on, wait a minute. Shanghai Champions League tour, wait a minute. Shanghai is just kind of tour. crosses over with the Formula One in Shanghai. It's all during the same week. Hey, in fact, can we go to Formula One during that period of time? Because <laughs> wow. Heineken are a Formula One sponsor. And they were like, okay, yeah, cool. We can make that happen. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make some banging content at Formula One. Right, somebody's going to see it. I don't care if it's Heineken. Okay, it's one of these Formula One brands. I'm going to make this content. No one's paying me to do it, but I'm going to do it, and it's going to be epic. Um, and they were like, "Oh, do you just want to go to the race?" I was like, "No, I want to go all days. I'm go three days. I want to go practice. I want to go qualifying. I want to go to race day." Um, 
and I smashed out some some what I'd say was 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 some some great content on social media across across these three days. Um, and off the back of that, somebody that I knew that used to work um, in PR for a British broadcasting sports um, uh, channel had then moved into Formula One. Unbeknown to me, they were also in Shanghai at the same time. Um, and I saw her out in Shanghai. I met everybody, like through this connection. I met um, uh, DC, David Coulthard. We went out, like out in Shanghai. Stories are actually insane. I can't even tell you. But <laughs> out in Shanghai, um, <laughs> having, like, you know, literally had a great time and great memories were made like during that period of time and nothing happened. So it just went, phew, disappeared into the thinness. And I think at the tail end of the year after the season was over, uh, the lady had asked me, ah, oh, can you put together, can you send me like a recording of what you did in, in Shanghai? Months, 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 months later. You know how early um, Shanghai and Grand Prix is, um, usually April. And um, this was like December or something like that. And I, and I put this together and um, nothing, didn't hear anything back from it. Then I believe the following year, the season was underway. Um, and then I got a uh, message back saying, listen, uh, I'm trying to get you to come out and do some stuff during uh, Silverstone. Um, do you think you can create some content on your own channels for it? And I said, yeah, okay, I can do that. But instead of just doing it and coming and bringing my own um, my own Instagram and just doing something on, on socials, I... Then spoke to a guy that I knew, I knew used to shoot for Sky Sports. And I said, listen, I need you to come and film, like a film, shoot something for me. I gave him the concept. I said, how much is it going to cost for me to, 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 for me, I must mind. I was like, I'm not getting paid for this, but I want to produce something quality. That's undeniable. Um, and then he said to me, oh, David, for you, I'll do it for free. Knowing how I knew to hire him to do something like this over the course of the days would have cost several thousands. But he wow. was like, oh, bro, bro, I'll do this thing for you. I'll do this thing for you. I was like, bro, you should. He's like, yeah, yeah, come on, 100%. Like, and he came along, shot something brilliant, like incredible, um, really took to my concept very well in that, and then pieced it together um, very well, and um, it was done. Uh, I sent it off to um, Formula One, I had to approve it because so many different things that legalities that couldn't be done like you can't shoot any racing you can't shoot so i had to try to create an entertaining and exciting video without shooting any racing hmm. um <laughs> which which is very very difficult um but it was pieced together and it was done it was great they absolutely they uh, absolutely loved it in the end but i ha heard nothing back from them for also for another six months uh then it got to a stage where it was like we opened a conversation again. Yep, listen, we'd love to open some stuff up and see if we can get you to a couple of races or a race or so on and so forth. But more to to do with like content on my own thingies and not doing anything for them from that perspective. And we were almost right there. Then before you realize coronavirus hit, killed the whole game again. Oh, um, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I heard nothing for them throughout the entire that season, the 2020 season. Then I was in Ghana one day and um, Ghana last year, January. Then I received a WhatsApp message um, from uh, 
uh, this person and then they messaged me basically saying don't worry we haven't forgotten about you so on and so forth we'll get on the zoom call and so on at this stage i'm just like yeah whatever but i'm like yeah whatever but i'm also at this stage i'm like wow like god like where where, where from like like out of the blue on some random evening um i got this uh this this message in Next thing you know, I'm on a Zoom call, um, talking with them, and we're discussing various different things that could happen. And yeah, before you know, I'm out there um, uh, doing some work for them on a on a, on a contractual basis, which was um, absolutely phenomenal to kickstart the season, which is actually like one of the the best seasons in Formula One. Um, going behind the scenes in the paddock, talking with actual heroes. You see what I'm saying? Like talking with actual legends of this team. It's, it, it, it was absolutely um, phenomenal, but it's, it was a constant reminder for me throughout that entire um, process that, you know, there is nothing that is impossible. There is nothing that, like, when I started off back, you know, chasing cars and chasing, like, footballers in cars and, you know what I mean, having a laugh with them, I would have never envisioned uh, standing in the pen talking to Lewis Hamilton. Like, it was so far away. But, yes, yeah. and and we never thought we would envision a black man wearing a tan suit with a shampoo, <laughs> shiny, <laughs> a shampoo shiny beard, you know, yes. who is so vocal and so full of energy going on the paddock, showing us and saying, do you see this? This is what was going on. This is what's going on in the back of the paddock. I was like, holy, yes, open the season, why don't you? This is what we've been waiting for. <laughs> I mean, a perfect, perfect beard. The perfect, like, I mean, just haircut, just, I mean, you were like just shining. Like figuratively and literally, like shining. And I think Will actually did a comparison. Will did a comparison. He's like, okay, David definitely brings it better than me because Will is all his shirts and, and jeans. You were like decked out. We're like, yeah, we didn't come to play. All right. We're not taking no prisoners. <laughs> no game. Right. No prisoners. So thank no you. Prisoners. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, it's uh, yeah, it was it's it was incredible. I mean, for me, you know, some people were like, hold on, where did it come from? And I'm like, listen, the energy literally comes from the, the, what, the energy comes from, the base of the energy comes from is, comes from the fact that, freaking heck, we, I, we actually get to do this. And at the same time, I also know that I represent so many people that aren't here. Some people take their job like, yeah, you know, so this is what's going on behind the paddock because it's an everyday thing, but this is not normal. Like, it, it will never be considered normal in my mind because it's like, I know where I come from. I know the amount of people that um, would give their body parts to be in this place. So I represent the excitement of not the people that look at it like I have watching the sport for 50 years and so on and so forth. I represent the excitement of people that have just tasted the sport, people that have like, oh, my days. If random um, Johnny from down the road was able to just drop into the paddock, how excited would they be about being mm-hmm. here? You yes, know what I mean, yes, and that's absolutely. what that's what I kind of, that's what I represent in that space. You know, just that I am here for us. Do you know yes. what I'm saying? And when you yeah. said body parts, I feel like me and the ladies all put our heads up. We are willing. I'll give a kidney. <laughs> I'll give a kidney. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, pass the baton, bro. Seriously. <laughs> I'll give up like one of you all's fingers or something. No, <laughs> 
yeah well knowing what you brought to formula one and to hear you say which we wholeheartedly believe you that you will be returning to formula one which makes the next season even more exciting what would you like to do for the next steps in your career uh, for me it's it's to it's it's an open question I, I almost see it like an open question as well what is the next impossible mm. what is the next thing that seemingly would be like freaking neck is he really in that i don't know if it's starring stepping into into the movie space i don't know it's there, there there's i have this i just have this like i said for me a lot of what i do i used i spent um some summers at um a camp in the united states actually i used to work at a camp in the united states for um for i think about how many years did i work at camp i think uh for about four full summers and then two additional summers I'd, I'd come back so for like six summers um and I used to always just say right a lot of what I do is sometimes even to this day is to inspire those kids to let them know that anything is possible like whatever mm -hmm. you dream of whatever you there, there there is you're only limited by yourself um, right and those that know that all things are possible make these things happen and so I think for me it's stepping into a space where I say, okay, what's the next thing that is seemingly impossible? What's the next thing that will push somebody else that somebody else is going to look at? Maybe somebody from my background, maybe someone from my same socioeconomic status, maybe somebody from um, uh, a non-two-parent family, maybe somebody from a perfect family upbringing. Whatever it is, maybe you know something that allows people to be like, oh, oh my, I cannot believe that he's just going to done that. And he's literally just said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to I'm going to be in a film next. And then next thing you know, I'm in it. That's, that's my, that's my, my next steps. I think anything with regards to TV, film, sports, those are things that I'm incredibly passionate about. One of the other reasons as to why is because I want to have my own to, to build the wow. gap and bridge the there gap and to leverage, leverage my own relationships that I've created with people in this space, the doorkeepers, um, and bring other people through the door through my relationships. So that's something that I'm going to be stepping into as well um, soon, bringing people in um, from that perspective. So, yeah. That's phenomenal, David. I mean, you know, I think I, I have to tell you that I'm not like, a, I guess I am surprised that we took this long to get together and speak with you because I feel like I may have needed this beginning of the year um, <laughs> just because just just talking to you and you telling us about how your journey to Formula One was so long. There was COVID and then, you know, you thought, oh, you're in Ghana, nothing's going to happen. And all of a sudden you get this message. So it's like, literally, this was written. And you said, no one can shut a door that God has opened for you. Mm. And I needed to learn this more than anything because I get frustrated so many times when I see things taken from me and I'm thinking they're being taken from me, but sometimes it might work in my favor. And sure this is are. testament of all of this stuff. So I really appreciate you being open and sharing this because, you know, it's one of those things that I think will reinforce it in me and so many other people that needed to hear this. And I guess for me, the one question I just have for you is what is your favorite food? <laughs> oh my God. You know, that's one of the <laughs> toughest questions I can ever be. I'm a food man. I love, listen, listen, I love food. You know, actually, I just, like someone was saying to me the other day, nah, what, you know, 
David, what do you order? Like, obviously, we have we have a there's a there's a there's a store over here called Nando's, right? That everybody always eats at, yeah. And they're always like, yeah, what's your Nando's order? Yeah, David probably orders the salad, and I'm like, listen, I go to the gym because I eat, not the other mm. way around. <laughs> I actually go to I actually go to the gym as a counteract as a counteract imbalance because I but I didn't go to the gym. Hey, listen, I'm telling you seriously, I am. A, so asking me my favorite food is such a tough, tough question. I'm sorry, um, sir. Got, it, it has to, I don't know. It's going to have to be. It has to be. Oh, my days. It's got to be something local. It's got to be like, for me, it has to go back to my roots. It's got to be something Ghanaian. It's got to be like either some jollof rice or some, I don't know if you don't know what jollof rice is, some jollof yes. rice or some yes, local yeah. tenke or, do you know what I mean? It's got to be something like that. Or even like moving over to my, cat. you know, my, my Caribbean you know, my people then, you know what I'm saying? Mm. might be some mm. ox, some oxtail rice and peas. That's a special. Okay. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So that's vibes for me. So it's got to be something from my, something from, from, from culture, from one of those two sides, one of those two places. Okay. Good choices. Well, I don't think they'll allow us to bring it through the gate in, my, in Miami. If they did, we would have brought it for you. But <laughs> oh, wait, they, Miami. yes, we have capital, to meet up. So. That's, David, we have certified. to meet up That's in Miami not... and we have to go certified. eat at a spot. Oh, yeah. 100%. Miami has tons of spots. Yes. For all no of doubt. We will find no it. Doubt. And we will we'll all meet up happen. there and we'll and definitely have to try it. <laughs> and for rice sure, and peas, for sure. For sure. <laughs> for sure. David, I only have just one final question for you. And mm-hmm. I would like to know, what do you want your legacy to be? Oh. My legacy. Uh, my legacy. I, I said I was, I was trying to think. I was having a conversation today about um, athletes who are elite, and I was speaking about the likes of the Cristiano Ronaldo's, the Michael Jordans, the Serena Williamses, and I said the the difference between them the elite ones and the great ones are is the simple fact that they actually live life here. Like they one truly believe in, believe in their call, but true, but secondly, like they are ready to squeeze every single thing out every single time. And I think for me, I want to, when I, when I leave this place, right, I don't want it to be sad because I don't want it to be sad because people think, oh, look, oh, my days, there's so much he could have done. I want it to be like, look at what he's done in this life, in this short space, in this, in this vapor. Look at the lives that he's impacted through living. And I think for me, that is it, to, to finish, to go through life and finish like tank on empty. Not that there's mm-hmm. anything left behind, no stone left unturned. But I'd lived. It's funny that you you ask a question about food and then you ask a question about about um, <laughs> legacy. About legacy. <laughs> and it, there's funny enough, I've been spinning this whole thing back to Bible. Right? There's a scripture where Jesus says, "My food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to finish." That's it. Mm, wow. That's literally. Wow. That is literally. That's it. Like that is wow. to me. Knowing that I've done that. That is that is it. And not knowing that I've done it, but others to know that I have actually lived my purpose. I came here, I did what I came here to do, and I finished. 
I finished it. And for me, that's it. Thank you. Thank you so much, David, for being here. We appreciate you so much. And we look forward to your career and watching you just, just continue to rise. Absolutely. Yeah. Like who knew that you were going to come on here and minister to us? And all of our viewers. I'm going to call you Pastor David. <laughs> it's going to ring to it. It's going to ring to it. Yeah. I never, just, I never would have, I never would have thought I, we would have gotten this. And I'm so glad that we did. And we are just so grateful beyond measure for your time and, and, and just for being here today. Really, really. You, I think you, your story just resonates so much with us, David. And yes. each and every thing that you said, seriously, I could just take pieces and just apply them to my life. Mm-hmm. And just a simple fact that you are, the things that you say, David, they're going to make people, I hope everyone in this podcast, they're going to take a little nugget and they're going to be able to apply it to their life. And it's just going to make them a better person. Amen to that. No, it's been, a, it's been an absolute pleasure. So a huge thank you to to all of you and an incredible, incredible amount of thanks for, um, for for all that you do for the community, for you lot being free women, just absolutely sharing your passion for sports, sharing your passion and love for Formula One on a consistent basis. Um, it's 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 a beautiful thing to see. I'm sorry on my side that it's taken me so long to get on here, but I believe um, everything has happened at the right time for the right reason. So thank you so much for being so patient um, with me as well. And Tanya, thank you so much for being on to me, like being on my case. Like I said, the funny, <laughs> nah, genuinely, like the truth of the matter is that level of, that level of um, consistent persistence is what will get you to wherever it is that you want to, you, you don't want to get to. So please, in any case, do that. Like drive forward with that exact same mindset and that exact same determination. Um, and we will all, we will all um, gain and get to where we want to get to that, that thing. Um, from you, uh, it's something that I will take massively as well because I've massively enjoyed um, this conversation and enjoyed being on here and and speaking with with, with you all as well. I I didn't look at any of the questions beforehand. I didn't I didn't, I didn't know any of this um, exactly how this was going to go, um, but it's been absolutely uh, beautiful on my side. So thank you all um, so much, and it's been a pleasure and a blessing uh, for me too. Hey, David, David. Mm-hmm. I, I know your uncle's married, but just say hi to him. <laughs> oh my gosh. Your uncle, uncle, all of that, Mark. Sept- really September 26th, <laughs> Uncle Idris Alba, ringside. At the- <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just say hi. Just say hi. Just say hi. Okay. The, the black Superman. Okay. Just say hi. Say the hi. black superhero. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Uncle Goodness. But thank you, David, yeah. so much for being here. Just really quickly. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on mainly on Instagram. I do a little one-two step on, on Twitter every now and then. But um, just at David Alorica on Instagram and Twitter too. You can find me there. Or you can just slap me into uh, Google or whatever it is, and you'll find different areas or pages and so on so, and so forth as well. So, Yeah. All right. Well, David, can you give everybody the, the correct spelling of your name as well? Oh, yes, of course, of course. So David, uh, in the normal in the normal way, D-A-V-I-D, and the last name, uh, Alorca, is A-L-O-R-K-A. All right, for the phonetics out there, Alpha, Lima, Oscar, 
Romeo Kilo Alpha. That's Thank it. You. There you have it. Yes, David. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and please share this podcast with your friends and family. Thank you so much for listening.